Simplify your life with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. Stay connected anywhere and transform your vehicle into a dependable Wi-Fi hotspot. Navigate easily by powering apps like real-time GPS and voice assistant. Keep everyone entertained with Wi-Fi for up to 10 devices. Even on the practice field, AT&T in-car Wi-Fi keeps you connected while in proximity of your vehicle. Work, stream shows, or finish homework without missing a beat. Discover the convenience and see if you're eligible for a free trial at att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi. Don't let connectivity roadblock your journey. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. It's time to hear her side of the story. Joe and Serena sit down for an intimate conversation with Maria Georges on Bachelor Happy Hour. I have to ask, I heard a rumor that you were dating at one point one of Drake's best friends. Oh, Lord, have mercy on me. Listen to Bachelor Happy Hour on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Bachelor Happy Hour. Listen now everywhere you listen to podcasts and don't miss part two Monday night. This is the most dramatic podcast ever, an iHeartRadio podcast. Welcome to the most dramatic podcast ever. I am Chris Harrison coming to you from the stormy home office in Austin, Texas today. But what will brighten my day is my guest today. Uh, you know and love her from uh, The Real Housewives of Orange County. Hopefully you listen to her amazing podcast, Intimate Knowledge, also right here on the iHeartRadio family. Uh, Megan King is in the house today. Hi. Megan, thank you so much for joining me. I'm excited to talk to you again, Chris. I, I know. It's been a while. I was trying to think the last time we did talk, because I know we did. And when, yeah, it was a, it was in Vegas. Was that what it was at, at an iHeartRadio thing? Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, at the Jingle Ball. Wait, was it? No, it wasn't Jingle Ball. It was the iHeartRadio Festival. Okay. Because I know we, I, I, I knew that we hung out a while because we dove into some things and it really piqued my interest, which is why when I started doing this, I said, if there's somebody I need to talk relationships with. I don't oh, know if it's gosh. good or bad. It is <laughs> Megan King. Um, and we, we had a great time. And I, I forget what you were doing on that trip. Were you on a date? Oh, okay. So, Chris, that was the time. Remember, I was on a date with Mike Johnson. And I was set up by by the, my iHeart production crew, our iHeart production crew. And um, so, Mike and I were faking this date to see what the press would do. And then talking about it on my podcast, Intimate Knowledge. So here's so let me let, let me let me paint the picture for everybody. All Megan, right. um, gorgeous, tall, beautiful blonde woman. Mike Johnson, gorgeous, beautiful, tall man, built like a brick, you know, outhouse. So we're at the bar beforehand, having kind of pre-drinks, uh -huh. no fans, no nothing. And I, I see you, give you a hug. I see Mike, and we have been talking and and hanging out. Give him a hug. And then I start buying drinks for everybody and you guys kind of just go to the end of the bar and I'm like, huh, 
that's a weird vibe. Like, did I say something? Do I smell? And then I noticed the body language immediately. You guys turn towards each other. It's very intimate. And I'm like, yeah. I asked somebody, is, is that a date? Is that what, am I, is there something happening here? And then I learned yeah. later what y'all were doing. Now, my question here is that seemed like you guys were putting on an act, but later it then seemed like it got serious. Did it, or was that all? Yeah, I mean, I I don't know if it, I would go with serious, but I think it turned it definitely turned into a legitimate date. Yeah, I mean, at some point, I saw y'all making out pretty heavily. <laughs> That'll do it. That'll that's that's a dead giveaway right there. <laughs> that's it. Um, <laughs> so that is our our segue into life and relationships. First of all, you're in uh, you're in St. Louis. Yes, St. Louis, Missouri. How long you been living in St. Louis? My whole life, really. I mean, I was in when I shot with the Real Housewives of Orange County. I lived in Newport Beach, but I was always living in St. Louis at the same as yeah. well. So I was back and forth. Okay, so it was the yeah. Real Housewives of St. Louis. Let's be honest. Yeah, right. I mean, you know, Andy Cohen, the producer, the oh. executive producer, is from St. Louis. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, and 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 I think because of that, he said, "I'm never going to have a St. Louis Real Housewives." But like, eh, I don't know if I would watch Andy that, Cohen, Megan King, and Joe Buck. The heroes yeah, Joe of Buck, St. Louis. Yeah, he's a friend of mine. Yeah. I love Joe. Um, so do I. So you have been so open and honest about your relationships. Yeah. Which I yeah. very much appreciate. It's not an easy thing to do because it's, yeah. n- it's not been the best for you. No, I've been through some rocky roads with that. And I don't know if the sharing it has been the best or not, but it is what it is. You've been married three times? I've had three weddings. Okay. Was is it? <laughs> <laughs> one didn't take it's, one didn't take one didn't take one was annulled so i'm saying so i like to say i was i had three weddings but two marriages let's say two and a half you've been married two and a half times okay we'll say two and a half it was just the tip right it doesn't count no we we're just just playing just the tip now which one uh-huh. was the uh annulment uh the most recent one with cuff biden owens is his name cuff biden owens yeah, that was a hot minute that lasted, I think, two months. It was just a silly decision that I made to enter into that marriage. But, um, oh, well, it's a non-marriage because there was an annulment. So enter into the wedding. If we had been friends. What would you have told me? I would have told you, hey, Megan, how you doing? Good. Who are you dating? Cuff Biden Owens. I would have said right there, full stop. And this has nothing to do with the Biden thing. Just anybody with that, with the name Cuff <laughs> Biden it, when they go by three names and it looks like they just fell out of a vineyard vine store in, in the Hamptons uh, run, just, you run. know what, you know what? Three names. I always associate three names with serial killers with assassins. Yes, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Always. Yeah. It's John. So that should have been the first red flag. Of exactly. course. Um, and, and by the way, we're not saying he was a serial killer or an assassin. Allegedly. We'll see on the next 60 minutes if that's true. <laughs> it is the Biden of it all though which is very mm-hmm. relevant now, obviously, uh, his uncle is Joe yeah, Biden, his uncle. the president mm-hmm. of the United States. Correct. How long ago was the wedding? Um, It was October 2021, so over a year ago. Okay. So- Yeah. So he was actively in He office. was president. Yeah, I know. It was wild. Oh my gosh, Chris. There was, was the president at service. your- He was at your wedding? Yes. He was at my 30-person wedding. There was more secret service at that damn house than there was- wedding attendees actually you know what secret i I was waiting on a pair of shoes because the whole thing last you know happened so quickly the whole wedding and everything 
I was waiting on a pair of shoes to arrive. I wanted to wear these white Manolos. They were so cute. And they were supposed to arrive the day of the wedding. Well, then I get there and every street is shut down, right? Because the president is in town. So I'm like, oh my gosh, great. Well, the wedding happened and everything, but then I guess the FedEx truck tried to get down the street to deliver my shoes, but they wouldn't, you know, they couldn't get down the street. So they, it was, my name was on the box, Megan King, and they knew that I was the bride. So the secret service took the box from FedEx and hand delivered it to me in the house. <laughs> this is like your sweet home Alabama moment when the lawyer was trying to get to, the, to Reese. Yes. Oh my gosh. You're exactly right. Yeah. I had, that was me. I was Reese. <laughs> so what was your experience with the, I know with cuff wasn't good, but with the president, what was your interaction? Um, was he lucid? You know, yeah. could, could you have a yeah, conversation? I, mean, I didn't. Yeah, I I first met him at the White House, which was really surreal. And um, like whether or not you like the president, to meet an active president at the White House is something else. That's a that's a none in a lifetime experience. No one gets that. No, and I got to you know walk through the Rose Garden and in through the West Wing into the Oval Office, and he like talked to me in the Oval Office. I mean that's that was a really cool thing to experience, and then gave me some chocolate chip cookies and a hug when I left, that's, and then called tracks. me on my cell phone to thank me for co- coming. No way, really? Yeah, he he seemed just like a family guy. I didn't the my experience with him and with the Bidens in general was just that they're um, a close knit family. Yeah. Um, yeah, chocolate chip cookies. How are how are the White House chocolate chip cookies? They were good. They were really. good. I would I was, think they would be spectacular. I just feel like everything there would probably be the best. Um, like I know, they, right? They've taken the best like chef, and they're like, okay, we have the greatest chocolate chip cookie recipe that like, goes back to Abraham Lincoln. Right. Seriously. I mean, I don't know. I think the thing that that I was most surprised about when I was at the in the White House was how stripped down everything is. It's not very fancy. I right. mean, the White House could use a little work, honestly. They could use a remodel. <laughs> it really could. We, yeah. <laughs> we need to get Chip and Joanna Gaines in there and and really oh, do a refurb on that. Talk about a reality show. I would watch that. I took I was honored enough uh to take a tour with my with my son of the West Wing. Um, the president was not there at the time. It was Obama, and he was not okay. there. But yeah, you're right. It is everything smaller. Everything is yeah. not pretty. I mean, the art no. is spectacular. But we didn't get to go in the Oval Office. We just got to stand in the doorway and look into it, which was just mm-hmm. unbelievable. And I had goosebumps. But you're right. Everything is just so small and kind of janky. It's very small. Yeah, exactly. It's small and janky. There's nothing special about it except that it's the White House. And you are the leader of the free world. Can we not have something more palatial and more spectacular than that? You I know. know. I kind of like it though, because it, it's relatable. So I kind of like that part of it. And and now I'm like, I wonder what the the like Buckingham Palace looks like because right. I hear they really need a remodel. Yeah, I, I just think of like people, old people rattling around in there with cobwebs. And um, but I, I like what you had to say. And I'm not going to get into politics. But one thing I just love that you said, it, I I feel the same way. Whoever the president is, when they're sitting in that office, when they hold that title, when they hold that office, that is your that's the president. And when you go to right. the White House, I, I don't care who it is. I would call you Mr. President, whether it's Joe Biden, Obama. I, I, it doesn't matter to me. Um, I appreciated that about what you just said. It's like you're sitting with the president yes. of the United States. That's a thing. I mean, look, like I I know that I think this is uh, what I'm going to say isn't political, but um, we're founded on democracy as a country. And therefore, because of that, we have we have a, 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 a what am I trying to say? Um 
a uh, an obligation to respect our president like yeah. the, it doesn't matter if you like our president or not whoever it may be but if that if something happens to the president that's like i mean we're just like you know ready for somebody to come in and like take over our country that's it's, not good it's a responsibility it's a responsibility we all have so i asked him do you like being president and he oh. he said to me well i don't really know how to answer that question and like think about it i mean that's an intense job who would want that job? Would you want that job? No. And what kind of person wants that job? I wouldn't wish that on my greatest enemy. I feel like any person who's president has to be like a raging narcissist because like, <laughs> hey, you're constantly on. Hey, guys, I think I can run the free world. I think right? I got this. I think I have what it takes. I'm smart enough. I'm profound enough. I am charismatic enough. Guys, I got this. Like I can and run like the most famous person in the world Who right. wants to be the most famous person in the world. That's like you lose all freedoms. The only thing I think would be worse would be Joe Biden's uh, press secretary um, trying to make sense of some of the things he says. God bless her. Yeah. I, I just feel horrible for her. Um, but anyway, I'm sure she's doing just fine. I'm sure she's fine. Let's get out of the White House because before this exit before I love where you just went on this weird tangent about <laughs> the too. White House. Um, Cuff Biden Owens before Cuff. Um, yep. there was Jim. Oh, right. Him. Yes. How could we forget Jim? And <laughs> it's someone <laughs> it's like I think we shadow something we probably want to forget. Yeah, I wish. I mean, that would be, that would be a dream come true, but unfortunately he exists in my life and every way, every day. It was a, uh, because you guys have kids together, right? Three, three kids together. And Lauren and I, my fiance, we were talking about this, about my ex moved in close to me and because okay. in we, Austin, in, no, this is back when we were in LA. Now the kids are in college and we've gone our separate ways. Okay. Got it. But, got it. Got but it. when you have kids, you know, that is a, when you break up and you don't have kids, Jim could live in China. You could live in Australia. Exactly. You'll never see each other. It doesn't matter. Yeah. But when you have kids, there is a connection. There are things you have to do. There is soccer, there's Cub Scouts, Girl Scouts, what have you. And it's just, life is complicated because it constantly crosses over. So is that part of the issue with you guys? Is it your lives no. are? You would think that would be part of the issue because that's a normal issue that, that families who split up have to deal with, you know, Cub Scouts and camps mm -hmm. and, you know, recitals or lessons or whatever there is. However, I don't deal with that with him because he doesn't go to anything. So I do all of it, which is a different sort of burden because I'm like, hello, can I have a sounding board? Can I have a co-parent to say, hey, do you think we should sign Aspen up for um, cooking class or for dance class? Right. You know what I mean? Like she likes both. What are the pros and cons? I mean, it sounds silly, but you know, there's a million decisions like that every day with the kids or, um, hey, should I get my Hayes's tooth pulled or not? You know, my son had his tooth pulled yesterday. He's four. <laughs> and so, yeah, no, I do all of those decisions completely solo. So what his what their father does, what Jim does is um, take the kids a few days a month. It's like a babysitter. It took me a while to figure out my mom is more than just a mom. She's got a whole life outside of motherhood. Mary Beth, she is a force to be reckoned with successful career, many talents, a great friend group. I could go on and on about my mom. I love her dearly. Well, this Mother's Day, give mom her flowers. She deserves the best. That's why I'm sending farm fresh flowers from Books. That's short for bouquets. 
And I got you 25% off your entire Books purchase, so you can send some too. Here's why I like Books. Books is different. Their flowers are cut fresh and sourced directly from the best flower farms, so they last way longer. Books has also made it easy. I went online, picked the delivery date, and I'm done. Mother's Day is May 12th, right around the corner. Don't miss the chance to thank your mom. Order your books now. And with 25% off, you can send some to mom, the wife, aunt, hey, even your grandma. Go to books.com and use promo code Chris for 25% off. That's B-O-U-Q-S dot com, promo code Chris. Books.com and use promo code Chris. Simplify your life with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. Stay connected anywhere and transform your vehicle into a dependable Wi-Fi hotspot. Navigate easily by powering apps like real-time GPS and voice assistant. Keep everyone entertained with Wi-Fi for up to 10 devices. Even on the practice field, AT&T in-car Wi-Fi keeps you connected while in proximity of your vehicle. Work, stream shows, or finish homework without missing a beat. Discover the convenience and see if you're eligible for a free trial at att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi. Don't let connectivity roadblock your journey. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Mini Driver. And this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Does he still live in California? No, he lives in St. Louis. Oh, so he, he lives, lives in St. Louis. Miles, yeah, three miles from my house. See, so y'all do live close to each other, but it just doesn't mm-hmm. foster that kind of relationship. I know. I don't know why. I don't know if he's tired. He has seven kids. Mine are the last three. Okay. And he's on his fourth wife. So he's probably like really putting trying hard to make that one last or something. I don't know. Like, so he's remarried. He's remarried. Yeah. To wife number That's four. exhausting. Which is like, I can't give him that much for that because if I get remarried, I'll be on what? On husband number four? Yeah, you'll, like be so on, embarrassing. you'll be on two and three quarters. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, I don't want to get married again. I just want a big honking ring on my finger. I can handle the rest, but like, I'm still a, a princess at heart. So give me a rock. Do you think you just said that would be embarrassing? Would it really? Would, it, would you be embarrassed to, I mean, to, to get married again and be like, this is my fourth? But what if it's the right I mean, one? Yeah. Why is that embarrassing? I would still do it. I don't think it would like hold me back. The embarrassment wouldn't hold me back. But yeah, it's embarrassing. Mar- marriage is supposed to last a lifetime. I mean, you know this more than anybody. But does it? Not always. But no. number two, honestly, yeah, rarely. Maybe rarely it number does. Number three, rarely. I know. But 
So I don't feel bad about being married two times, but being married four times. Yeah, it's it's fucking embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> That's the quote right there. Yeah. Yes. I mean, who well, could, it's it, nothing we dreamt of as kids. Right. When you when you have this fairy tale that we're presented with uh, by Disney no. and everybody else as we're growing up, it's not four weddings. But you know who gives me hope? is Pam Anderson because she's been married 800 times as well. And she's just full of love and she's resilient. And like, I saw her documentary and I really enjoyed it because she just owns who she is. She's like, wait, like I like to love, I love big and I commit big, but you know, everybody's going to be themselves. And I like that because I think it changes perspective on a time honored, the time honored tradition of marriage and allows us to just be, live authentically instead of being stuck in an institution that isn't for us. Well, and I think, you know, I, I get the feeling and and I don't know you that well, but I feel like you are unabashedly that type of person. Like I'm just going to love and live and what have you. But it sounds like there is a side of you that's a little self-conscious about these last three didn't work out. And if I do it again, yeah. now I'm, you know, I'm, I'm working into the Liz Taylor world of seven marriages or whatever she was right. on. Um, right. And it's like, I don't want that scorecard. No, I don't. And I think that's like my cultural conditioning, trying to get the best of like my, me living authentically, which I'm, I, you know, they are often at odds. I, and I don't think I'm alone in that, but um it's now I'm in a place where I can reflect back on, well, why was I married three times? What kind of void was I trying to fill? And I can see the evolution of myself to, to where I am now and why I made the decisions that I made with each marriage. And, um, that reflection has been very helpful and has given me a lot of confidence today to really love myself and embrace myself, even for all of the flaws and it look, it's a work in progress. I'm not perfect every day, but I think I'm putting less emphasis on having um, a hole filled by a partner and trying to fill that hole on my own. Do you find that when you're in these relationships, you go to places and you do things that you're not comfortable with, that that's not the person I wanted to be? I think that I have, um, have a tendency to wrap my personality around my partner so i could um sort of evolve into who they are or like merge my personality into theirs and it might not be fully who i am but it's fully like what i'm interested in trying out at the time but now i'm less i'm less about that i'm i feel like very fulfilled with and um and very confident in in what i like to do and like the activities or hobbies or whatever that I like to do so that I don't become the other person I'm dating. And I think that's an issue for a lot of people too. Is that what you're asking? Yeah, kind of. I was, I was just curious okay. if, if you, what it is, if you see a, a pattern in these things, it seems like you fall fast. I do. You fall oh fast. Gosh. Like you go from, yes. Hey, you, this is great. Good first date. Like I love you. And I think that's why, um, that's like love bombing and I do it. Like, I, I guess I do love bomb because I, I do that, but that's also a huge red flag for a narcissist. So I was like fresh bait, like prime. I was totally primed for a narcissist. Yeah, you feed in right into somebody's ego. Oh, absolutely. Now, if somebody says that to me, I'm like, <gasps> I run the other way. 
but I've been burned, you know, like I've had three failed marriages and to have a failed marriage with, with children, that's not just failing me. It's failing my children too. So that was a, I felt a lot of guilt around that. Well, let me just take pause there and say a divorce doesn't mean you're failing your kids. I mean, Chris, I take issue with that five weeks. What's that? You married Cuff after five weeks? Yes, I married him after knowing him five weeks. Like, I okay that one. Would, and I'm I didn't put a pin even in that. want to get married. <laughs> I didn't even want to get married. So I think that's kind of what you're asking too. Yes, I did something that I was uncomfortable with doing because it meant something to my partner. How did it get there then? How did how did in five weeks with your kids knowing what's on the line? How did you get there with Cuff Biden Owens? He was like he really wanted to be a stepdad instead of just hit like my kids' mom's boyfriend. And that really pulled up my heartstrings because I was a stepmother to Jim's four kids Mm -hmm. and I was very devoted to my stepchildren. And so I want, I understood that desire to, you know, be a fully integrated as a family instead of just being a boyfriend. Although I didn't see it that way, I could understand how he would. But that's the problem is you were worried about how he saw it and how he, what he wanted. You weren't worried about, is this good for my kids? Is it good for me? I thought it was good for my kids because I was like, oh, somebody wants to be a father figure for them. Like in my home, I thought that was healthy. And he was like, he came from a solid family that I really enjoyed. And I, um, they're Irish Catholic family, big Irish Catholic family. I come from a big Irish Catholic family. Our families seem very similar. So I was like, okay, our upbringings are the same. And nobody raised, nobody raised issues about, hey, five weeks, these guys get married. I mean, did anyone from, okay. Oh yeah. Okay. And I'm like, and I'm like, fuck you. Like once I've made up my mind, I'm like, nobody could change my decision, right? Yeah. So if, I mean, people did take pause with it, mm-hmm. my close friends, but I was like, this is what I'm doing, whatever. I didn't care. Like, I didn't really care about the guest list. I texted my friends, you know, a couple of them to come. Yeah. I didn't, I was like, I'm not doing anything. I don't even want to get married. Huh. Well, I yeah. think, I think that is the lesson. One of one of the many takeaways is if you're saying to yourself, I don't really care if I get married or want to get married, mm-hmm. don't show up to your next wedding. Then don't get married. Then don't get married. Right. And definitely That's not after right. five weeks. I, I, I think you should. No. So how quickly? Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, are you single now? Uh, that's a good question. So I'm um, kind of. Um, just the I'm tip. I'm seeing just the Yeah. <laughs> We're more, we're like soaking. Okay. So he and I have been on and off for about three years Oh. and we've remained friends and we've dated now, I guess this is the the third time, like the third go we're kind of giving it, but we're both burned. Like we both been through enough stuff that Mm. we're like, wait a minute, we need space. So he's, he's not based in St. Louis. So we have a lot of space, which is really nice that I don't have to see. We don't see each other all the time. We don't even talk every day. And it's very slow. It's a slow build. And we he doesn't have kids. What makes you think after three goes that now this might work? I kind of always thought it would work like with the with the second one, I thought it would there was a real chance for it to work. But our lifestyles just weren't aligned and they still aren't. And I'm trying to figure out, and I think he is too, if um that's okay. Like if we can have separate lifestyles apart from each other and then when they merge up, they they do. I don't know. It's a definitely a modern relationship. And we don't call each other boyfriend, girlfriend. Um, I don't know. We're we're in a situation ship. 
Would you have a problem with him sleeping with somebody else? I would murder him. And you wouldn't sleep with anybody else. Well, like I like that I like that I can. I like, you know, thinking that I can, but I like the freedom that comes with that. Okay. But I have zero desire to sleep with anyone else. It's like a it's just like kind of a mind game, I think, that we're playing with ourselves. It doesn't I'm 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 just gonna go out on a limb. And I I'm okay. not a judgy guy, but this doesn't seem that healthy either. Why? It doesn't just because it's not traditional doesn't make it unhealthy. I'm, it doesn't have to be traditional, but I'm just are you really getting everything you need out of this? Are you getting everything I don't know. you want? It doesn't seem like it. I well, all right. So I like I'm I'm a kind of pushy and direct and I'm used to getting what I want and I'm not getting, he doesn't give that to me. He never has. You just described most women. That's okay. (laughs) You're not, you're not a unicorn in that regard. (laughs) So I I think I just like speak up a little bit more than, than maybe a lot of other women, but, and it gets me in trouble and it also gets me places, but with my best friends, they're the same way. So like, the closest people to me, they're direct back to me. They don't give me everything I want. And do they drive me crazy? Absolutely at times. But like they're the healthiest, most stable and equal relationships that I have. And that's what I see with this guy that, yeah, he doesn't give me everything I want. But also, Chris, you know, I was just telling you, I think that I've used relationships in the past to fill voids in my life. Mm-hmm. And I think that's an easy place to go to codependency. Of course. And and st- he's not lo- allowing me to be codependent, which is like kind of a natural thing for me to do. And so just because I want it doesn't mean that it's healthy for me. Okay. Does that make sense? Kind of. Yeah. It seems like a contradiction in terms, but I get what you're saying because I I, I realize the codependency with you and that you're not single for very long. You kind of jump from yeah. one thing to the next. And when you jump, you're all in, you are head first, right. you're all in. And so- the fact that this relationship makes you pump the brakes a little bit, that side of it seems healthy. Yeah. But there's a lot of if, ands, and buts about this. As you're as you're explaining the relationship, it's kind of like when you go in to pitch a show, mm-hmm. if you can't pitch that show in the elevator ride, in that 30 seconds, you've lost me. It's too complicated. And this relationship seems like yeah. it takes a good couple of minutes to unwind and figure out really what's going on. Right. So we say we're we're best friends. That's what we say. With benefits. With all the benefits. Yes. Okay. But uh, best friends with Bennies. Honestly, it's it's a relationship of convenience a lot for the most part. And that's really good for me right now because I want to be a mom when I'm a mom and he's not a, a dad. And he doesn't want to be a dad. And that's, um, I uh, right now I'm okay with that. It really, I think you just hit the nail on the head. It really feels like a relationship of convenience. Yeah, I think it is right What's now. What's the longest you've ever been alone? Um, I don't know. I mean, I think I'm always dating. Does that count? I mean, have you ever just taken yourself off the table and be like, I'm not dating. I'm not going to fall. I'm just, I need some me time. I'm going to take six months, three months, a year. I'm going to be, I'm going to be abstinent. I'm going to just. No way. Why would I ever do that? No, I, I. (laughs) Why deprive yourself? I feel like that's where I am right now. I feel like I'm in that right now. Like I have this person who I trust. 
Well, you are, but you got this thing that's very convenient, right? So it's like, yeah, I'm alone, but I got this. Like it's it's like you have a foot in each circle, if that I makes do. sense. So like I'm not committed to being single, but I'm not committed to this relationship. This thing just well, fits me. Well, it's new. I mean, it's sort of new this time around. It's been a few years, mm-hmm. but like it's I honestly like I kind of see myself with this person um in my life so, in some capacity until the day I die. Do you, do you like that's how much I adore but him. But do you want more kids? Cuz obviously he doesn't. No. No. I, my kids are 4, 4 and 6. Like if I would be open to it, I guess, but oh my gosh, the situation would have to be absolutely perfect yeah. because being a single mom to three babies was like PTSD inducing. So I, I am fathom. okay with leaving that baby stage behind. I, I, when I became a single dad of two, um, they were a little bit older. I still had the help of their their mom, who was a great mom, and and it was still a lot. When you when you are alone, yeah. it is you know you realize that when you were married, at least because when I was married, she was a good a very good mom, you realize even as involved as you think you are, you're still doing about half. <laughs> and then when yeah. the kids come to you and it's just you and you are doing a hundred percent, a hundred percent of the time, you're like, my God, I didn't realize when, how much I wasn't doing. When we, when Jim and I first split up, that's cause I had always heard that. So when Jim and I first split up and I had the kids the whole time, you know, like all the time, yeah, just me, I realized, wow, I really did do all the work because nothing like changed. nothing changed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. sounds sounds like he was a bit of a deadbeat. Um, you know what? He's not a deadbeat. He's really not. I think that's like the nicest thing I've ever said about yeah. him. This is growth. This is growth. Exactly. Thank you for this. He just he loves them as much as he's able, and he does as much as he's able. And every night I pray with my kids, and one of the things we pray for every night is to always try our best. And I think that their dad might be doing that. That's his best. Maybe. Yeah. For a self-centered narcissist. Yeah. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I've had, (laughs) I have had, uh, intimate dealings with a narcissist. And when you, Uh, when you deal with that, it is, um, because I know, I think most people think like people say, oh, Donald Trump's a narcissist. He's just this self-centered guy that wants all the attention. It's not just someone who wants all the attention. That's, that's not really the, no, the true basis of how dark and deep narcissism goes. If you really study it, it's, it usually comes from fragility. It usually comes from mm-hmm. something traumatic in their lives. Right. And it's just this, I try to give people the example of it. It's like um, a bag of sand that you're trying to fill up, but there's a hole in the bottom. Yeah, and so you're example. never going to fill that bag of sand up. You can't love yeah. enough. You can't live enough. You can't laugh enough. Eventually, if you put in a lot of sand, it, you're like, oh, it's getting higher it's always going to come back down. And I'm worried about like kids who are products of, you know, a narcissistic parent, like my, my kids, Mm -hmm. because um, I think it's hard for them and their little brains. They don't understand why, you know, their narcissistic parent isn't giving them this love or like why the only time they're getting attention is when they do X, Y, Z. And so these kids try to fill their bucket with love from their parent. And it's not the same as it is from their healthy parent. And that's confusing for a child. And it can also breed some, you know, issues later in life or now, like my daughter's dealing with anxiety. I don't know what it's from. I mean, she has had, she's gone through a lot, but, um, you know, it's, it's, it's also their own journey too. And I can internalize that as much as, you know, till the cows come home, but 
at the end of the day, like it's, it is what it is. Yeah. And me feeling guilt, like intense guilt about that isn't helping anyone. And it's surely not helping me being the best mom that I can. So I try to remind myself that this is their karmic path and this is their soul's journey. And they're here to learn lessons and to overcome. And you're going to be there to just help keep those guardrails up and yeah. try and keep them between the navigational beacons the best you can yeah. and be present and love them. And yeah, that's all you can do. And it's like, you know, I, I, I went through those formative years with my kids as a single dad. And I, I felt the same yeah. thing with my daughter, especially becoming a teenager and going through that. It's those teenage years, especially those middle school years. My God, I, that, that is, I, I never knew, obviously being a boy, I never realized how brutal that was for women and young girls growing up. Especially with social media now. Yes. Oh, and now it's, yeah, 10 times what it was when mm -hmm. I was a kid. But right. it is, it's horrifying going through those middle school years with kids, with a girl. It took me a while to figure out my mom is more than just a mom. She's got a whole life outside of motherhood. Mary Beth, she is a force to be reckoned with. Successful career, many talents, a great friend group. I could go on and on about my mom. I love her dearly. Well, this Mother's Day, give mom her flowers. She deserves the best. That's why I'm sending farm fresh flowers from Books. That's short for bouquets. And I got you 25% off your entire Books purchase so you can send some too. Here's why I like Books. Books is different. Their flowers are cut fresh and sourced directly from the best flower farms, so they last way longer. Books has also made it easy. I went online, picked the delivery date, and I'm done. Mother's Day is May 12th, right around the corner. Don't miss the chance to thank your mom. Order your Books now. And with 25% off, you can send some to mom, the wife, aunt, hey, even your grandma. Go to books.com and use promo code Chris for 25% off. That's B-O-U-Q-S.com, promo code Chris. Books.com and use promo code Chris. Simplify your life with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. Stay connected anywhere and transform your vehicle into a dependable Wi-Fi hotspot. Navigate easily by powering apps like real-time GPS and voice assistant. Keep everyone entertained with Wi-Fi for up to 10 devices. Even on the practice field, AT&T in-car Wi-Fi keeps you connected while in proximity of your vehicle. Work, stream shows, or finish homework without missing a beat. Discover the convenience and see if you're eligible for a free trial at att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi. Don't let connectivity roadblock your journey. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, 
Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Do you think that there's um, been any bachelor or bachelorette narcissists? Oh, man. That's a good question. The creator of the show was. Really? Yeah. Uh, severely. Um, and again, one of the toughest things about narcissism is you will never, oh, I don't want to say never, but very rarely will that person ever recognize that in themselves. Right. Um, it's like a, I was talking to one therapist right. about narcissism and, and she said, I'm just warning you that next to a homicidal maniac, like narcissism is the toughest thing to mm. treat. That mm -hmm. to have someone self-realize and actually fix that is next to impossible. It just rarely happens, um, which is scary. So if you are in that kind of a toxic relationship, you should think about exiting and getting yourself out of it. Um, mm -hmm. But I was trying to think of bachelors. Honestly, I don't think none, none come to mind because that's not really how you get to be the bachelor. It's, it's kind of um, people you that have to be open. Yeah. You have to be open. You have to be unlucky in love. You have to be ready to express yourself. And so it, that, a narcissist right. really wouldn't work very well. It's probably not no, someone no who you would cast. Yeah. Um, well, I just, I don't know. Sometimes I, I don't watch the bachelor, but I read, um, articles about it. Mm -hmm. And I think in recent years, I don't know if I'm getting older or they're getting more immature, but when I read about what they're saying and stuff, I'm like, how do people watch this? It's like so immature and basic. Yeah, it it, it changed dramatically. Even, even in the 20 years I was doing it, obviously I've been gone for about two. Um, I, and I always thought the same thing. Am I getting to be the old guy, like get off my lawn guy? Um, right. Or are these, are these conversations I'm listening to just getting more and more inane? And I'm like- you know, with the vocal fry voice and the, you know, lack of vocabulary and poor grammar and all those things that started driving me crazy. I'm like, wow, I really am becoming my grandfather. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I do think there's something there and it's a generational thing. It changed. Like my generation, uh -huh. say your generation, it was different than the one before. Um, you've always, you haven't had a reality show about love. I mean, Orange County kind of did that a little bit. Right. But do you feel like you shared too much? Do you feel like that hurt you? And that if you had no. been a little more mm. behind the scenes, maybe things would have been different? So here's my theory on reality shows, my my blanket theory yeah. on, on failed relationships after doing a reality show. I think that somewhere deep down, the um, usually the wife recognizes that, or maybe the husband, somebody recognizes the relationship is in hot water. And so they want to either give their, their, they want to give their partner uh, the ability to be self-sufficient and, or the, 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 uh, individual who, you know, the wife usually in this case wants to be self-sufficient. They go on a reality show, their star rises, and then the spouse can't handle the attention that they've always gotten. And so the relationship that was already fragile in the first place falls yeah. apart. And ultimately it was going to happen anyway, but like that's, that was the catalyst that really, you know, the straw that broke the camel's back. Now with my relationship, my husband was a famous baseball player, very good at yeah. what he did and, but he was retired. And so I joined the show and, um, my stars started rising and I started getting recognized and I was working a lot and filming a lot. And I was in California a lot and he was cheating a lot. I found out later. 
And I, I think he was just trying to get that attention elsewhere because the attention that he was used to getting from his relationship had now shifted, which happens yeah. in relationships. It wasn't all kids. about the sex for him. Being a narcissist, he was filling something. Those women giving him that attention is what was filling him up. I think so. Yeah. and Because he's used to having his name called out. 100%. Yeah. And he would always um, say to me, I can't believe you work. Why? Why? What kind of mother works when you don't have to? And that, that was always so interesting to me that he wasn't supportive of me having an independent career. Right. But now it all makes sense. Instead of being an amazing role model for your kids of of seeing this badass woman conquer the world. Right. Right. It was about it was about him. It wasn't about like, you know, what I desire in, in my values in life. It was about, you know, that he wasn't getting the attention he thought he deserved or needed. And you are correct, by the way, with narcissism. If you had been home, if you had not been going to Orange County and, and shooting the show, it would have happened eventually anyway. You were on the Titanic. It was sinking. It was a matter of time. Whether you right. were on the deck playing the violin or getting it, it, it just, it was going it's down. going down. Yeah, it was going down. It was going down. So I don't think it was, honestly, I think on the show, I protected him because mm -hmm. I would see his, his nasty attitude in front of the cameras and I would try to soften it or make a joke out of right. it. But in his mind, he thought I was throwing him under the bus when really I was throwing him a life, a, a life jacket. Yeah. I was trying to save him from the sinking of the ship. Like, like, here, dude, like, let me sort of guide you into this space. He's not the smartest, right? right? So I, and I can get a little creative with my words and help people get out of a bad situation. And he wasn't picking up what I was putting down. Yeah. <laughs> and then he just put the whole thing down. Yeah. And then it went, poop. <laughs> he's at the bottom of the ocean. <laughs> um, then it became a kamikaze pilot. Just boom. Um, right. Before I let you go, I want to, I want to know what you're up to now. Obviously you have the podcast, but what, what else is life for you? Well, I mean, kids, 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 right? Like that's, that's like goes without saying, but yeah, especially um, the, the age they're at for you. I mean, you're right in the wheelhouse. Yeah. Oh, constant. Yeah. They're, they're at Costco with the nanny right now. I'm like, you got to get them. Oh, perfect. Here. Yeah, exactly. But, um, so no, I launched a retreat business, Gaia Haven Wellness. And so I'm offering, um, women's personal growth retreats. And I just had one in Sedona. My next one is in Zermatt, Switzerland in July. Oh I'm planning Zermatt's one in beautiful. Zion at the end of the year. I'm so, I'm so excited. It's been... beautiful. Yeah. We shot uh, one. What season was that? I forget who we shot there. Um, but I went, yeah, we went skiing and stayed in Zermatt oh. for four or five days. It is, you know, the Matterhorn, it, you know, it's looks fake up there, just like Disney or really? something, just sitting up there, hanging over Zermatt. Yeah. And then, you know, you can take, uh, you know, you can ski up one side and then you're skiing into Italy. You're right there on the border. It's just spectacular. That's wild. Yeah. You'll I mean, this will be in summer. So I'm hoping to hike to the base camp, the Matterhorn base camp, which is like a half day hike. You totally can. I mean, it's a glacier you know, up there. So it's, it's above the timberline there. So it's, there's always snow up there, but it's spectacular. Uh, You'll love it. That's going to be amazing. So you yeah, have I the, wait. can I come, am I, is there, I know it's a ladies no, retreat. It's women's. Yeah. But I'm, no men allowed. you know, I fit in, you know, it's fine. You can fit in. <laughs> you know what? If you know, you I were, can be just it, one of the girls. <laughs> come on, join us. Women's growth. You can do all the meditation. I can lead the conversations about our relationships and our feelings. Let's do it. You're welcome. See you in Zermatt in July. In the podcast, Intimate Knowledge. Yes. Oh, yes. The pod yeah. so the podcast, Intimate Knowledge, um, the retreats, and I guess that's really it. Those are the two things I'm working on right now. But um, I, I got to get out of St. Louis. I still like working in entertainment. I like... Um, 
Um, I'm trying to create a reel right now for hosting. Okay. So with all the stuff, you know, yeah. the speaking that I've You'd done. Be great so at it. thanks. You have an amazing emotive personality and charisma and charm. Appreciate yeah. That. Um, where where are you gonna go? You get out of St. Louis. I want to go to Austin. I want to go meet you in Austin. Come my, on. My best friend lives there. I love it. I love Austin. I go all the time. Lauren and I have been here for a couple of years, I guess a year now, uh, on and off, but now legitimately for a good year. It's the best. Why'd you relocate there? Um, well, I'm from Texas and I always knew I was oh. going to come home eventually. My son had graduated and went to TCU. And then when my daughter graduated high school and she also went to TCU, I was like, what am I doing? Getting my brains kicked in, in California. I'm like, I'm right. done. There was really just nothing for me there. And so, mm -hmm. um, and you don't need to work, you know, you know, if you're in the, our business, you don't need to be in LA as you know, you can come no. in and out as you want. And I've always just wanted to be back home. I miss the people. I miss the lifestyle. I miss the food, yeah. the music, all of it. And Austin is just the best of all of it. It really is. I mean, I, I can't recommend it enough. And when you come down, let me know. Okay. Megan, thank you for your time. I really appreciate Thanks it. Thanks for having me, Chris. Yeah. It's been fun. I uh, was since we hadn't talked since Vegas, and I was very intrigued after that night and <laughs> <in> finding out <laughs> where your life is has been and where it's going. Um, I'm not sold on this relationship you're in. I'm just saying. I just I'm just going to leave that there. Well, let's do a follow up. And let's see. put a pin in this for now. Let's revisit this in a few months because okay, I just think there's something healthier and more fulfilling for you out there. Maybe I feel pretty fulfilled, but we'll see. I don't know this guy. He may be the greatest guy no, in the world. I'm just, this is just my 30,000 foot level guess. Right. Appreciate it. Yeah. Keep it coming. You know a ton about relationships. You've seen them all, all <laughs> kinds, all drama. Seen it all. Um, and I, again, just appreciate your time and the kids are coming back from Costco. So go do the last thing you have to do before your kids get back. I'm going to finish my coffee. That's a, something as a mom that's hard to do, finishing your coffee in the morning. <laughs> it's just the simple things you miss. <laughs> right? Yeah. Little things that make me happy. Megan, thank you so much. I appreciate Thanks, it. And I will talk to you soon. Thanks. Bye. My thanks to Megan King. And I really appreciate people. And the reason I wanted to have her on is someone who has always lived so open and honestly. And that doesn't mean they're brash and it's like, oh, I just say what I want. It's She's not like that. She's just someone who you can tell loves and lives purely and honestly and, and kind of accepts all of the mistakes she's made in life. So I just appreciated her perspective and appreciate that time. And I appreciate you tuning in. And I will talk to you next time because we have a lot more to talk about. Thanks for listening. Follow us on Instagram at the most dramatic pod ever and make sure to write us a review and leave us five stars. I'll talk to you next time. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. It's time to hear her side of the story. Joe and Serena sit down for an intimate conversation with Maria Georges on Bachelor Happy Hour. I have to ask, I heard a rumor that you were dating at one point one of Drake's best friends. Oh, Lord, have mercy on me. Listen to Bachelor Happy Hour on America's number one podcast network. 
iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Bachelor Happy Hour. Listen now everywhere you listen to podcasts and don't miss part two Monday night. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.